yield as much as they claimed, their intuition was correct, to read the Old Testament in the light of the New. This is how Jesus interpreted Scripture. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Luke chapter 24, verse 27, John chapter 5, verse 39, etc., and the apostles as well in their preaching. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 36, chapter 3, verses 17 through 18, chapter 15, verses 13 through 19, chapter 17, verse 3, chapter 26, verse 23, etc. Now that redemptive revelation has reached its climax thus far with the Father sending His Son and His Spirit into our world, we have new spectacles with which to read earlier Scripture. Hence, for example, John could begin his gospel with an explicit echo of Genesis chapter 1, hailing Jesus as the eternal Word by whom all things were created. This Logos motif was present already in early Judaism, precisely because it was already present in the Old Testament, albeit in a more latent form. Similarly, the decisive outpouring and indwelling of the Spirit since Pentecost is the standpoint from which we survey the vast field of the Spirit's operations across Israel's history. A clearer argument for the Spirit's identity as a distinct person of the Godhead is found in the Bible's second verse. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. As in other places, the phrase Ruach Elohim may be translated here, a wind from God, New Revised Standard Version, for example. Ruach may mean wind or spirit. However, it is clearly God who is the subject of the creation-forming action, and yet the Spirit is distinguished from the one who speaks creation into being. The action itself, hovering, is personal. Wind blows, but it would be odd to speak of wind as hovering, with an implied intentionality. Furthermore, it is taken for granted in later revelation that the Spirit is the giver of life, as in Psalm 104, verse 30. When you send your Spirit, Ruach, they are created. The Spirit is not a power emanating, but a person sent. There are clear passages in the Old Testament that indicate also the distinct personality of the eternal spirit, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14, and yet identify this distinct person as God. It is by the spirit that Moses performs miracles, Exodus chapter 8 verse 19, and leads the Israelites through the waters of baptism in the Red Sea. The spirit gifts certain people for special tasks, Exodus chapter 31 verses 1 through 11, chapter 36 verses 30 through 35, and comes upon prophets so that they speak the word of God, 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 2, Isaiah chapter 59 verse 21, Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 2, 8, 15, and 19, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21. The Spirit is not merely an empowerment for teaching wisdom, but is Himself a divine teacher. He is not merely the glory of the Lord emanating from the temple, but is the Lord whose glory radiates from the temple that He indwells. He came to the temple and departed from it, 
He is not merely a revealing and searching power of God, but is the divine revealer and searcher. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. As we will see, it is especially in the prophets that the Spirit is both divine and personal. He is to be poured out in the last days upon all of God's people, indwelling them. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 through 14, chapter 39 verse 29, Joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 32. One may shield himself from power or wind, but only a person can be grieved, as the Spirit was by Israel's violation of the covenant, Isaiah chapter 63 verses 7 through 14, and is today when we resist his sanctifying influence, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Identified by the divine name, Exodus chapter 31 verse 3, Acts chapter 5 verses 3 through 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16,